Hi, this is Dan. And this is Joe. And this is Enough Room. And welcome back, everyone. Yes, welcome back like a boomerang. Yes. It's a thing now, it's a thing now. Let's yeah. just go with it. <laughs> um, thanks, everyone, for joining us again. Um, we're very excited about this week's pod, uh, this week's episode, actually. Yes, we have another guest with us, which is exciting. Yes, so don't if to you, to us again. yeah, you don't have to listen to our voices for <laughs> the two minutes. <laughs> Jokes. Uh, we've actually got uh, someone calling in from. I keep saying calling in and letters, like I'm living in the 1990s. Yes. Someone who's <laughs> joined us online, um, all the way from Kentucky in the US. Uh, so, without further ado, let's welcome Paul Anthony. Welcome, hey, Paul hi, Anthony. Glad to be here, guys. No, thank you for joining yes. us. Um, it's it's been a couple of weeks, I guess, since we first started chatting on Messenger. Yeah. Um, since you came onto our radar, and I was like, we have to get him on our podcast. We have to have a chat with him. KFC is not the only good thing that's come out of Kentucky this year. <laughs> <sure. laughs> oh my! Actually, in Kentucky, we have other restaurants that give better chicken. So KFC is actually really? yes. There's actually other restaurants that give in Louisville. Where and by the way, it's Louisville. You have to really swallow it. Really swallow your Louisville. And we have much better chicken here. And if you come here to the states, I got you. I don't eat chicken, but I got you. Perfect. (laughs) When those borders open, (laughs) yeah, yeah. So speaking of Kentucky, speaking of Louisville, 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 Louisville. Um, Tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, um, so I was born and raised in the South, um, here in Louisville, Kentucky, by my mom, single mom, raised me and my little sister, Mia. My mom's name is Melanie. Um, yeah, she put us through Adventist education, raised Adventist all my life. Went Until now, went to had an Adventist education um, all the way through, um, even seminary. So, I, But I'm now, I'm doing my PhD and in philosophy at the University of Kentucky. So it's my first bout with public education. It's cool. Yeah. And as a little bit myself, my dad's name is Mark. Uh, he's a wonderful man. My grandma, um, Francis. And these are the closest people in my life. And Wow. Uh, it, it sounds like you've got quite a close family. Mm. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're very, we're very close. We're very close. Um, getting closer to my, getting closer to my dad in more recent years. But yeah, we're, we're a, we're a close family, actually. Yeah. It, it sounds like you're a lot more Adventist than myself, uh, personally. <laughs> I, I never went to any Adventist schools. I stayed away uh, from them like the plague. Um, <laughs> um, but Dan has been to. Yeah, um, all of my education has been through Adventist schools. So uh, I um, yeah, I know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't even tried public education yet. Um, <laughs> It's an experience for sure. So 2020 in Kentucky, in the US, lots of stuff happening all over the place at the moment. Mm -hmm. Lots happening. Um, But in amongst all of those things, if I were to ask you, what are like three things that you can't live without or three things that's sort of getting you through this time, what would those be? Ooh, three things that are getting me through 2020. Close friendships, uh, my relationship with with God and not to say that in a cliche kind of way, but in a very real sense, my relationship with God. And I don't know, I got, and I guess thirdly focusing on things, trying to focus at least trying to focus on the things in life that bring, that bring me the most meaning or 
sense of fulfillment. So I guess those three things, my friends, my God, um, and finding things in life that make for life being most fulfilling. Um, I guess one of those things that makes life fulfilling is, you know, starting this podcast, not podcast, excuse me, starting that YouTube channel, talking about different matters pertaining to sexuality and Christianity. And then also um, starting this PhD program, um, studying philosophy, that's been probably the highlight of my year. It's very challenging, but it's it's both of those things are proving to be very fulfilling parts of my life. So maybe mm. those three things. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, that to me just sounds like a really good way of getting through a year like 2020, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, and, and it's funny how with 2020, it's set up so many, um, I guess, barriers, especially when it comes to um, I'm not too sure what the situation is like in Kentucky, but for example, here in Australia and in New Zealand, where my family are, um, there have been like mass restrictions on how many people can gather, even in homes. Um, mm. A lot of well, our Adventist churches have, have been closed yep. since I think early March. Um, they were actually one of the first denominations just to close, close up shop basically. Um, wow, we were, uh, we were ahead, uh, wow. <laughs> we've been ahead and we've been one of the last denominations to reopen churches. Mm. Like we haven't been to a physical church since maybe March. Yeah, yeah. early, March. It's, early it's March. it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting with 2020, all of these barriers coming in. Um, I, I just find it so interesting how we have then it's like we're now so driven to connect with people. Whereas before, <laughs> I think it was something we took for granted. We'll be like, yeah, I'll see him next mm. week or something. Uh, but now it's like, we're just like, I need to connect with people. D do you find that's the thing? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and being an extreme extrovert, like the biggest social butterfly, it's, um, <laughs> I didn't realize how much I took it for granted. <laughs> Especially I just came from, I had just graduated from seminary in December. And then three months later, this. Um, so yeah, definitely just been realizing how much how important people are connecting, being able to connect with people in meaningful ways is. And yes, I definitely agree with that assessment. Yeah, and and this is probably a question for actually I don't know if you'll be able to answer this as well, Dan. Okay. So going through the Adventist school system, I feel like Adventist is like a subculture in itself. It's like this yeah like just this crazy beast um going through the adventist schools and all of that now that you're doing your phd do you see much of a difference between going to maybe somewhere like andrews versus where you are now or oh my what a question <laughs> <laughs> yes yes actually um there is a, a there, there's there's a lot of big there's a big difference i mean firstly the fact that I'm studying something that I hadn't studied before. I, mean, I studied theology, health and wellness, and you know, during undergrad, I studied divinity during, sounds kind of interesting to say, study divinity. I mastered divinity in, in seminary, and then all of a sudden I'm switching, completely switching gears and doing philosophy now. So it's been a, whoa. And then, you know, also being that it's public education, it's not a Christian school, not an Adventist setting. Um, it's just really, it's interesting, like, um, the difference between like class, you know, classes starting with prayer and things like that. And like, you know, I'm in classes where like my professors drop the F-bomb. It's just like nothing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just a very, it's a very comedic um, 
it's a very comedic switch in circumstances, I think, but it's, yeah. it's enjoyable. <laughs> it's so cool. Um, yeah, I, I just find how Adventism is just like this based on itself. Um, speaking of which, why Adventism? Um, yeah, what sort of drawn you to, I, I know you've grown up Adventist or it sounds like you have, um, why have you decided to stay? Why have you decided to sort of um, identify as an Adventist? Very good question. I love being asked this question. Um, for, for me, Adventism, I see that, I believe that Adventism brings, and when I say Adventism, I'm, I'm mainly talking about our theological, tra um, theological tradition. We're not necessarily talking about the cultural aspects like eating Little Debbie's or eating <laughs> skirts and all those kinds of things or canvassing. I'm not talking about those kinds of things. I'm talking about like what we are as a theological community. I see that we bring something to the table that um, that brings a, a richness to the entire Christian, the entirety of the Christian tradition, um, you know, religious mm -hmm. tradition. And, and I'm, I'm just really, I'm really proud of that. Um, I'm, I'm very Adventist through and through, despite whatever disagreements I might have with the church, I'm very Adventist through and through. I'm like, um, I believe I, I'm, I'm, I believe in 1844 and all that stuff that happened, Jesus going into the most holy place. I, I believe in that. And I believe there's, there are practical implications for that, especially when it comes to social justice. Um, not just our own personal piety. I believe there's eschatological, there's eschatological significance for how we should go about doing social justice because of that belief. I mean, I believe in the sleeping state of the dead, and I believe there are practical implications for that. Um, for nowadays, um, I believe in the in God restoring, you know, or at least He's trying, uh, trying to restore um, spiritual gifts, the fullness of spiritual gifts in the world. And I see that present in the ministry of um, of Ellen White when she was alive, the great stuff that she did, um, and also just the prophetic nature of our of this movement that we've been a part of in general. It's not because it would be, you know, give the prophecies, not just about her, obviously. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, just all these different things, like when I look at Sabbath and, you know, the second coming of Christ, I mean, all those things for me, they, they create, they give kind of a, an eschatological focus that I see lacking, unfortunately, or maybe not as strong in a lot of other Christian traditions. Mm -hmm. And so like when I, I, I see it as a great, um, that we bring a certain beauty to the table, a certain perspective to the table that's um, largely missing. And furthermore, I believe there are things that we need to learn from other religious traditions, both Christian and otherwise. Oops. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean. I, just, I believe what we teach on it. Uh, I believe what <laughs> pure, the purity of what we teach. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and I like that you, I like that you clarified that because a lot of times, and even for us Adventists, when we, I guess when we sort of say, oh, um, if we're thinking about Adventists as being a peculiar people, our peculiarities seem to be based on what we're wearing or what we're eating and not necessarily what we believe, mm -hmm. what we believe. Come and how that. that then impacts the world that we live in, especially in 2020, especially in the time that we live in. When we talk about present truth, we seem to sort of focus on, uh, again, our lifestyle choices um, mm -hmm. and all of those things. Whereas 
what is present truth in 2020? What does it look like? Right. Especially with all of the injustices around yeah. us at the moment. Yeah. Um, looking for that voice in the wilderness sort of thing. Yeah, that, that's, and that's one reason, like, um, <laughs> why I, why I kind of like, I've buckled down in my Adventism more. It's because when I look at like what Adventism was at its, at its inception, and, you know, in the first couple of decades or whatever of its, you know, I, I saw, I see from my understanding that they were, their, their Adventist theology led to certain practical behaviors. Like they were, they were pacifists. They were anti-war. They were, mm -hmm. um, they were, they, they believed in this health message, you know, this health message that's supposed to liberate people from these, uh, the plagues of mind and body so that God can actually communicate with people, um, you know. Um, so you can communicate, yo, I'm coming again. You know, people aren't, you're not, you're not able to really perceive and really appreciate the fact that Jesus is coming again when you're, when you're dealing with all these health issues or whatever. Um, yeah. And people were abolitionists, you know, Ellen White wrote stuff like, you know, if need be, um, if you need to go vote, vote against certain legislation that would make it so that you have that, that would keep slavery um, immortalized, you have the obligation to go and vote, even if it requires you to do it on Sabbath. Um, you know, mm. and you know, they were all for about religious, religious liberty and, and so on and so forth. So I, when I think about my Adventist beliefs, I'm just, I'm just trying to get back to that because what we have right now yes. is whack. It's not Adventist. It's like when they believed in certain interpretations of Revelation 13, it actually led them to do things that address yeah. those beliefs, like very practically. It wasn't yeah. just about yeah. their own personal piety. So I want to tap into that. Yeah, it was a it was a practical faith, and I I yeah. yeah I agree. I feel like that's something that I that wasn't necessarily um I guess I didn't feel like I was taught that it was going through Adventist education or through right. the growing up in the Adventist church. I felt like I was taught what to believe, mm -hmm. but there wasn't that follow through on well, what does that mean in your practical daily life right. in a way that impacts other people. It was you know uh, it, yeah very much about your own personal lifestyle and don't dress this way don't eat this thing and don't speak like that don't listen to that don't watch that mm. all very much self-focused and not so much about <clears throat> how can this be a practical contribution to the world around you mm. and how could your faith impact the world in a positive way yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and I think of how, again, very early on, we were, we had this mindset that we were going to be a worldwide movement, we were going to go into the ends of the earth, but it wasn't just, you know, a message of Jesus is coming back soon, it was also a message of exactly that, uh, you know, liberation, it was mm -hmm. a message of um, bringing people up from where they were in terms of, you know, educating them, um, health and lifestyle choices getting them to a better place and then once they get there then we were like hey want to know about jesus sort of thing um yeah that, that's what i love about um early adventists just yeah just uh, don't get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> i've got so many frustrations with how things happen yeah. <laughs> yes. um so speaking about the adventist church as uh, i guess frustrating as it sometimes can be um i know that you uh, you mentioned you went to seminary mm -hmm. what motivated you to go into into ministry i guess mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So I, in 2013, and I think it was October, I think it was October of 2013. Um, I sensed that God was calling me to pastoral ministry. It was something that I never really thought I was going to ever go into. In fact, I, I had heard growing up, you know, you know, considerably much that, you know, oh, you're going to be a pastor and God's, that's God's calling for you. My mother wisely um, protected me from just taking those, those views and accepting that, well, if someone else is saying it, I respect their opinion. Therefore, that has to be true for me. She was like, well, no, we mm-hmm. need, we need people who are, we need good Christians who are not pastors, just, you know. We need good Christians. We need pastors. Mm-hmm. We also just need yeah. good, you know, non-pastor Christians, however you want to say yeah. that. Um, we need good people in the pews, in other words. Mm-hmm. Um, and But, you know, I felt very strongly that God was calling me to be a pastor, um, to be, you know, to, to be looking after the souls of other people and so forth. And mm-hmm. that's why I, I went into theology. And when I was studying at Southern Adventist University, also known as the best university ever. Hey, <laughs> honestly, I'm just going to say it. And then, yeah, then I went to seminary. Oh, I got, while I was, during my undergrad, I got picked up by a conference that didn't hire me. <laughs> but that's a little story. And huh, they told me, they, they put me in seminary. I went to seminary and yeah for a lot of things that we can break down at some point if you want to i ended up you know not pa- i'm not pastoring in the traditional sense let's just say that i am still pastoring mm-hmm. i'm fulfilling my pastoral yeah. obligations in a non-conventional but honestly more robust more meaningful and more practical way than i feel i would have been able to do um standing in a pulpit every week preaching a sermon not to denigrate that whatsoever but yeah. That wouldn't have that wouldn't have vibe with me as a gay as a gay Christian a single gay Christian. That that's it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 I think you've just touched on something that we haven't mentioned so far, and that is um, you are a gay Christian. Oh yeah, specifically at the moment <laughs> you are a gay pastor. <laughs> so th- that is definitely something we want to explore a lot more. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. we've run out of time for this week's episode, but. If you stick around, we'll uh, continue this conversation on our next episode. How does that sound? I love it. Sounds good. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much. And I I think, um, yeah, I also just really appreciate, um, I guess, that perspective. I can absolutely see in what you're doing now that you are continuing that calling to ministry. Um, And I know a lot of people are being impacted by that. So um, thank you for that. Um, We will definitely explore this more. Um, in future episodes, um, I know um, maybe a lot of people don't realize this, but I actually started a theology degree as well. Um, and oh. so I can really relate to that sort of calling, but um, I guess just some road bumps along the way um, and having to figure out how to do ministry in your own way rather than in that in that sort of, uh, I guess, traditional perspective. So I feel like we're just dropping bombs all over the place right now. Yes. And this is, this is just an amazing cliffhanger. Yeah. So hang so around, people. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Enough Room. We'll be dropping another episode in about a week's time. So until then, follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Till next time. Bye.